Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us for this time today. We hope that this message will encourage you, build your faith, and help you thrive with God and thrive in life. Now to the message. So today we're going to be looking at um, faith for the long game. Faith for the long game. Now, Hebrews, um, the book of Hebrews in the Bible was originally written to Hebrew Christians who had converted from Judaism to follow Jesus. And these Christians were experiencing great persecution. They were experiencing great persecution against them. Some were being killed. They were, um, you know, some real life stuff, right? They were experiencing an understatement, massive challenges. Um, uh, and also some of these, uh, these uh, Christians believe that, okay, Jesus is going to come soon. He's going to come sooner than he is. He, where is he? He hasn't come back. And because of the combination of both those things, um, some people were wondering if they made the right choice in leaving Judaism to follow Christ. And, and they considered giving up on their faith and following Christ. So throughout this letter that was written to them, now today we know as Hebrews, um, we, we see the author of Hebrews um, talking about how the covenant, the new covenant in Christ is better than the Mosaic law or the law given by Moses. And Hebrews addresses this, this feeling, this consideration of, okay, I'm going to give up. I feel like maybe I need to stop. I need to give up. The writer of Hebrews addresses this head on in, in Hebrews 10. But not only does he address the concerns of these Christians um, of 2,000 years ago, I think he actually speaks to you and I today. You and I today, that as we go through some challenges, pressures, things not working as I thought they would, or things are taking longer than I thought they would, that maybe you relate to these Hebrew Christians 2,000 years ago of like, I feel like I'm, I'm at the point of like, did I make the right choice? Should I give up? Should I stop standing in faith? And, and so the, the, the author writes this of Hebrews. Why do I say author, not the, the, the actual person? Because we're not sure. I think it's Paul, but we're not sure. All right, here we go. Hebrews 10, verse 32, it's this. Think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful, even though it meant terrible suffering. Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten. And sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail. And when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. You never, or you knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. Serious stuff. Um, now here's what I want to really highlight is this. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Verse 36 goes on, patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised. Then it goes on in verse 37, for in just a little while, 
The coming one will come and not delay. And my righteous one will, ones will live by faith. But I take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. But we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. Faith, verse 11, or chapter 11, verse 1 says, Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. So the author of Hebrews, who wrote this letter to Christians who are being like, killed, persecuted, like everything being taken away. Um, He says this, don't give up, have faith, trust in the Lord, have patient endurance, even in the midst of the most challenging situations, even when things are not playing out as you thought they would. These guys who received this letter, they were in less than ideal situations. They were dealing with life and death matters. But what does the scripture say? Have enduring faith. Even the greatest of challenges, the greatest of persecutions, the greatest of pains, the greatest of disappointments. Have the long game, long race of faith. And as you do, the scripture says, you will walk in the will of God and receive all that Jesus has promised. That's what it says right there. So we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are righteous, righteous. We are righteous. We are made right with God. And the only way we can live truly to the full extent of the new creation reality is this, is, is for, and for us to experience everything Jesus paid for, is to live by faith. The scripture says the just shall live by faith. Outside of living by faith, you you, you can't truly experience what God has for you. You can't experience the fullness of the life that Christ has for you. It's only by faith. It's by faith we receive God's promise. It is by faith we walk in the finished works of Jesus. Faith is what brings substance to the hope that we have in Jesus and his promises. How I define faith is this, is faith is being bold, taking God at his word and acting on it, right? Faith requires action. Faith is trusting in God. So this scripture calls Christians, not just 2,000 years ago Christians, but Christians to have enduring faith to trust God, to take action, keep standing, keep doing what he said, to have enduring faith, even in the midst of challenges, the midst of obstacles, the midst of when, ah, things are not going as planned, right? And when we have enduring faith, we will walk in and see the promises of God come to pass. So today we're going to dive into What does that look like? Where do we get this enduring faith? And how do we actually endure? Wouldn't it be sad if I just said, and stop there? Because it's like, great, we're supposed to have enduring faith. But what do we do with that, Josiah? Um, But we're going to look into that of how do we actually live out faith for the long game? So the title of my message is Transaction or Abiding. Transaction or Abiding. You know, daily, 
we make multiple transactions daily. Like you go to the grocery store, you give them money, they give you food. Ooh. You go to fill up your car, you give them recently lots of money, and they give you some gas, right? When you, when you go to work, there's a transaction. You give your time and your effort, and they give you money, right? Um, if, you, if you own a business, you do work for the client, and then they give you money, right? The whole world system is transactional. Um, you give them something, but you're getting something in return, right? And in life, we all have transactional relationships, right? Based on giving and then getting in return. The grocery store, that's a transactional relationship. Um, you know, di that dishwasher repairman, it is a it, I ho it is a transactional relationship of, please fix my dishwasher. But the lowest form of relationship, I think, is a transactional relationship. Why? Because transactional relationships, there's a lot of coming and then going. I, I, I come when I need something, and as soon as I get what I want, I leave. As soon as I get what I want, I leave. You know, I don't hang out at Superstore all day. I get what I want and I leave. So, unless Natalie sends me with a list and I have no idea where the ingredients are and I am, it, confession time, I'm in there for about an hour and a half trying to find this thing. It is what it is. But, you know, you, when you, even when you go to your co favorite coffee shop, you go in, you don't hang out at the counter the whole time. That's weird. Um, but you go and you get your coffee and then you leave. It's a transactional. The other thing is transactional relationships only last as long as it is good for me or I get what I want. You know, when transactions are no longer convenient for me, when, when I don't get what I think I should or as fast as I should, I'm ending the transaction. I'm ending this transactional relationship. I'm switching. You know, just this week after looking over my phone bill, and what other people are offering, uh, I decided after 16 years of a transactional relationship uh, of me giving them money and most times them giving me cell service, I'm leaving. Now you're thinking, 16 years? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a dream customer. As long as you get me uh, for a customer, you pretty much have me for life, but not this time. Transaction ended. Why? Because it was no longer good for me. You know, if your favorite place that you like to eat stops serving food, my bet is you're probably going to stop going there. You know, um, as, as amazing as Costco is, uh, it, 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 if you, walk, you would not walk down the aisles, the majestic aisles, aisle by aisle, then give them money on the way out if there was nothing on the shelves. Why? Because it's a transactional relationship. But because we live in a very transactional society, we, we do that so much every day, it is easy to fall into treating our relationship and faith in God as a transaction. A transactional relationship. I'm here as long as I feel I'm getting what I want. God, I'll take the fire insurance, the eternal fire insurance, I'll take it. Um, I'll pray, maybe go to church, but um, here's my timeline of what I need done. Here's my timeline of God. This is what my to-do list and I need it done by. 
Uh, maybe treating God more like a, a contractor, building your life, your dreams, your hopes instead of Lord. You know, uh, it can come, uh, I'll come when, uh, like, I'll come to you and, and I'll listen when you say something that, like, I like. But as soon as you say something, God, that I no longer like, I feel like our values aren't aligned anymore. It's time to end our transaction, right? Um, I'll pray when I need something. Um, do something as long as, when God says it, as long as it feels good. As long as you deliver on my timeline, right? It's transactional. And when we apply transaction to our faith, our relationship with God, it produces, I'd say, like a transactional faith, which really isn't faith itself. But this kind of transactional approach to our relationship with God won't last. It won't have endurance. If our faith is purely based on a transaction, it's not going to stand, when adversity or tribulations come, which Jesus, I know, Jesus said, it will come. There will be tribulations in this world. Ah, God, this transaction isn't really working for me anymore. I'm going to have to make a change. Right? When, when the promises of God are taking longer than I think they should, I'm going to have to make a change. Right? Even, even though God told me to do something, as soon as I don't see it happen, I'm going to stop doing this. Right? God speaks something counter. Uh, I don't know. Approaching God and our relationship with God with the, a world system of transaction will not produce enduring faith talked about in Hebrews. A relationship with God that's solely based on transactional is, is short term. It doesn't produce lasting faith. You know, before Jesus... Under the law of Moses, um, mankind actually, if you read through Leviticus and everything, it was sort of like an, a transactional sort of relationship. If you think of it, they brought sacrifices. They gave it. God was like, okay, they, it covered for the sins. Um, once a year, uh, the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies where the presence of God was. Uh, and well, um, he didn't stay there. There was no abiding. There was no staying there. It was, he, he made the sacrifice, but then he left. It wasn't an abiding. There were sacrifices in the temple for sin, but there was nothing of staying there. It was in some ways, not to, it was in some ways a transaction, but Jesus changed everything. Jesus changed everything. Now we actually have a better covenant with God, a better covenant because of Jesus. Hebrews 9.15 says this, but now Jesus, our high priest, has given a ministry that is far superior to the old priesthood. For he is the one who mediates for us a far better covenant with God based on better promises. So today we can actually abide and live in God, that the Spirit of God now lives inside of us. No longer is there a need of coming and going, coming and going, coming and going, but now we get to live our life out of abiding in Him. Hebrews 10.10 10 says this, for God's, uh, God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the uh, body of Jesus Christ once and for all. 
Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins. But our high priest offered himself to God a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. So Jesus dying on the cross, taking your sin, my sin, rising again, bringing sacrifice, changed everything. Now we have a new covenant. Because of that, because of Jesus, we have a better covenant that we can live and abide in God. That we can live and abide in God and through abiding in him, doing life in him and through him, it produces faith in you. It produces fruit in you. One of the things um, that comes from abiding is faith. I'm going to uh, go to John 15. Jesus is telling this parable of the, the vine, and he says this. John 15, verse 4. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and withers, withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciple. In this short portion of scripture, abide is said seven times. There's a lot of abide per capita in there. Um, there's a lot of abide. And the Greek word is menoi or meno, depending how you want to mispronounce um, Greek. But it means this is to stay, to remain, to abide, to live, or to make your home. To stay, to live, to abide, or to make your home. So Jesus is telling us as followers of Christ to abide, to remain, to live in him. Do, to do our life in and out of him. Not have a transaction with him full of coming and going, getting what I need and leaving, but for our life, our heart, our attention to remain constantly in him. For us to be planted to stay in him. But not only that, for allowing his word then to remain in us as we remain in Christ. As we do this, Scripture says, Jesus says, we will bear much fruit. Under the old covenant, this was impossible. What Jesus was saying is impossible. Abide in me. There was no abiding. There was coming and going. Like God talked, absolutely. People met with God, absolutely. Some select people heard God, absolutely. But there was no abiding in him. There was no staying constantly in him. But because of Jesus, he's now made it possible that we can abide with him. 
that we can stay with him. Now we can live and remain in him. Something totally new that Jesus said when he was telling these people. And so Jesus is saying, remain. He's inviting us to operate our lives, do life the way God does. To do things, God's system and way of doing things. If you look at it, God's way of doing things really is seed time harvest. God sent his only begotten son, one son. Gave it, gave his son, Jesus. Now there are, now he has many sons and daughters. You are now a daughter or a son of God, right? Uh, scriptures give and it'll be given unto you. The way God designed like the earth, seed time harvest, right? Um, it, the word of God is described as an uncorruptible, incorruptible seed. So what does a seed need to do though to produce? It needs to remain in order for the full potential of the seed to produce, it needs to remain, to remain in the ground, to remain planted like this. Like there, there were some crows this year. I, I'm pretty sure I did uh, group therapy last week about talking about those crows. But anyways, who ate the seeds, there was no production uh, in my garden. But that's a side note. But now, because of Jesus, we can operate how God does and remain in him, allow our lives to be planted in him. And through that, we will bear fruit in our lives that was impossible to bear, uh, bear before, to bring forth before the fruit of the spirit, that that can come through being abiding and planted in him. As our lives, our attention remain in him, it will produce great fruit, not a transaction, but an abiding. And out of abiding brings fruit, um, action out of faith, but also out of doing life with Jesus. One of the things that has produced is faith. You know, uh, I've, I've walked on a glacier before and I came unprepared. I wore no jacket. It was a mistake, but there was like glacier water. And going to the source, I put my water bottle in it, drank it. It was so good. It was, oh, it was refreshing. I'm thinking right now about drinking that. I'm really thirsty. But when you go to the source, it's so good. As you abide in Jesus, your life abides in him, you're actually going to the source of faith. The Bible says that Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith, the initiator and the completer of our faith. So you're going to the source when you're abiding in him. Hebrews 12, 2 says this. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. See, as you remain, live your life in Jesus, you're staying in the source of faith. You're staying in the source who is the author and who is the completer of your faith. Uh, you know, Romans 10, 17 says this. That faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of Christ. As you abide in him, that is going to build your faith. It's going to build your faith. And the more you abide in him, the more you allow his words to abide in you and your heart and your mind, it will build faith. It will produce enduring faith. As you do life with Jesus, do what David said, hiding his word in your heart, I believe it will produce enduring faith. Enduring, uh, enduring faith, which comes from a deep, enduring relationship with Jesus. 
You know, the more you get to know someone, the more you trust them, right? Like, I trust people more the more I know them. Some people I trust them less the more I know them. But that's another story. Um, But the more you do life with God, the more you abide in him, the more you trust him. Faith is trust in God. Faith is taking action on what God has said because you trust his word. You trust him, right? So as you abide in him more, do life with him more, it builds faith. John, um, John uh, 1, 14, uh, four, there's no 14. John 1, uh, 1 John 4, there we go, 13 says this. By this we know that we abide in him and he is in us or he in us, because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has seen, sent the Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. And we know and believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and, ha- and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. You know, God has given us his spirit. Holy Spirit abides in us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He abides in us. But now we have an opportunity to live our life and do life as we abide in him. Something that was impossible before. I think something that's it's interesting is in Hebrews 11, you see these champions of faith, right? These huge champions of faith that were like, you know, all the big names of faith, hall of faith. Um, but it says in Hebrews eleven thirty nine that they had faith, but they didn't receive the promise. And the promise is Jesus. That's the promise. And now today you and I actually get to abide in the promise and live out faith. So that no longer are we trying to have work to the promise. We now actually get to abide in. I just think that's amazing. That today we can actually spend time with God in prayer, which is speaking and also just listening. A conversation, not a monologue. Um, We get to acknowledge him, include him, uh, submit all of our ways to him. We can, we can uh, listen to God's words, heed to his words, gather as we do today. And what does it do? It produces faith in us. God produces enduring faith as we abide in him and his word in us. Enduring faith, I think, comes from abiding in him. And so what can we do, though, when we get into situations where it's like, okay, I need enduring faith. I don't need faith. I need enduring faith right now. When the pressure's on, when there's thoughts where it's like, yeah, I, I agree with those, those guys who just I was talking about earlier in Hebrews. I think I might just stop because it's, it's not looking how I thought or it's taking longer or I'm going through this valley that I think seems to have no end. There's an end, right? No. But I think... How we can have enduring faith is actually found in our opening text in Hebrews. In Hebrews 10.32, it says this. Think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you uh, remained faithful, even though it meant terrible suffering. Right here, remember back. Think back. 
I think it's important to reflect, as we need enduring faith, to reflect back on what God did before. Reflect back on how he's come through for you before. You know, that God has done it before, he will do it again. Scripture says, and we overcame by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus' blood, and the word of our testimony, of going back and saying, okay, God brought me through this way. You know what, uh, maybe it's, you, you're facing something, it's like, there is nothing I can remember back about. Well, know what's great? Is God has given you a community, a body, that you can look and hear back of uh, and remember and call to mind, okay, God came through for this person, so he's going to do it for me. Uh, something that we have in our small groups, Thrive groups, is we have at the end, we always have like prayer requests and praise reports. And, um, and the reason why we have praise reports, one is because we pray and then we believe that we'll see God move, and we do, it's awesome. Um, but also so that we can hear people's testimonies of how God is working in their life. And what does that do? That builds faith in us. So remind yourself um, of what God has done. Maybe get into scripture, find like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they're like, man, they were in the fire, but God was with them. There was a fourth man in the fire. And I feel like in 2021, I'm in the fire. But then you can say, okay, but God was with them. They didn't come out burnt. I will not come out burnt. So dive into scripture, what he said. The other one that it can be found in Hebrews 10, 35. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. I think it's good to remember God's promises in his word. God has given you promises in Christ, in his word. So you remember when you're like, when it's pressure time, remember, call to mind and actually declare or say it out loud, his promises, what he says he's going to do. Like God is not a man that he should lie. Whatever he sends his word forward to, it will happen. I think the third thing, and it's going to frustrate people who really like like everything to line up, like you know, I've done one R, two R's, this is not an R. It is this, is lean into faith community. Lean into faith community. Hebrews 10.39 says this, but we are not those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are the ones whose souls will be saved. We, meaning not I am the one or you are the one. No, we, collectively. There's a group, a body that you are called to do life with. God has designed life to be done together. He's designed to be done together. God's idea was the church, actually. So God's life is designed for us to do it together, not alone. So enduring, uh, as we need to endure, lean on people in a Jesus-centered community. Uh, that, that as you assemble together, like on Sundays, um, maybe thrive groups or like just this weird thing called like going out for coffee with people and like you just go and you talk and you do life and you bear one another's burdens. You pray with each other. You just go for a walk and um, it brings endurance. It brings endurance. It brings endurance and having people that are around you that will speak life into you. God's promises into you, uh, what he says. And the fourth one does start with an R. It's this. I told you I'd, I'd frustrate somebody. But it's this. is remain in his word and remain in him. 
There's some times where you just need to have some tenacity and say, I'm going to just remain. I'm just going to stay. I'm just not going to give up and just determine, no, 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 as for me in my house or as for me, I'm not moving and just have the determination of, nope, and instead cause you to dive deeper instead of pulling back because many times that's what it feels like is I need to pull back. Instead, allow that to be like, okay, I'm feeling the pressure. I'm feeling those those thoughts of, okay, I just need to like just stop or just give up. Allow that to be a, a trigger of, oh, no. I'm going to dive deeper. I'm going to go harder. I'm going to put my roots down more, remain. Can I encourage you today? Can I encourage you today to run the race of endurance God has for you? Run the race with endurance that God has for you. And that race requires enduring faith. That race requires enduring faith to endure challenges, endure pressures of life. And this faith isn't something that we have to, we have to like muster up on our own. And uh, it comes out of abiding in him, doing life with him, living and doing life with him. And it will naturally produce in you. He will produce in you. Can I encourage you and leave you with these words that the writer of Hebrews wrote to those Christians who said, feeling pressure, this is hard. Things aren't necessarily looking the way I thought they would. These words, Hebrews 10. So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for the Thrive Church podcast. We hope this message encouraged you, built your faith, and helped you thrive with God and thrive in life. We would love to see you on a Sunday soon, in person or online. You can get all the information at thrivecalgary.ca. If you would like to support a partner with Thrive Church financially, you can do so by going to thrivecalgary.ca and click the Give button. No God is for you. We love you and have a great week.